All right, we're live. And uh, woohoo! As I'll be season four. Woo woo! Thank you for nobody that's joining us right now, but maybe people will join us later. <laughs> and uh, we can't get started without our theme. So without further ado. Uh-huh. Welcome to the iZombie podcast of Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I am the 12th man in the Combine, whatever that means. And my name is Stephanie, and I'm hungry! (laughs) Well, I hope you're hungry for a live show, because this is our first live show tonight. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to do this again, um, if everything goes well tonight. So, how you feeling, Steph, besides hungry? I'm so excited that iZombie is finally back after like a year and a half. I mean, like, how long was it? It's been forever. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, it's been a little less than a year, but it's been close. (laughs) Yeah. I did a whole rewatch. I even reread all the comics. Uh, Had a chat with our friend, uh, friend of the pod, uh, Bob Dearden. (laughs) Oh, God. And I am so ready. To talk to my zombie. So before we get started, I just want to mention that we are part of the DC TV Talk Network. Uh, these are the folks that uh, hooked us up with this uh, Mixler account so we can uh, talk live to everybody um, that joins us. Um, so check out D- DC TV Talk for all your DC TV podcasting needs. That's TV- DCTVTalk.com. All right, Steph, we're going to try to have a, uh, a, a a shorter episode um, because our lives are busy. Um, so why don't we get right into it? Are you ready for some zombies? I am, but I don't know anything about football. <laughs> well, Rob Thomas does. He's the one that wrote this one. Uh, and also, and, sorry, I should say friend of the pod, Rob Thomas. And uh, directed by friend of the pod, Dan Atheridge. God, I've missed doing that. Um <laughs> Let's get started with this episode. Let's get right into it. Uh, the case. Uh, we start off in the brand new Fillmore Graves factory. What did you think about this factory? Um, I mean, it's, uh, the look of it, it's yeah. fine. Uh, but, I mean, what's more interesting is this whole prejudice against zombies Oh, yes. And this whole – the thing between uh, humans and zombies – Mm-hmm. About yeah, how – sorry, go ahead. No, I was to say because, uh, you know, like uh, Clint Hicks here, um, people that are living in Seattle have been uprooted. They've – you know, Clint had to uh, – had, had a dream job working at the, the stadium with his uh, favorite team and now he's uh, on an assembly line with brains. <laughs> yeah, it's completely changed their lives. Mm-hmm. These zombies, uh, but the the actual the the factory that the processing was pretty gross. Um, I got to say, as soon as I saw it in the big mixing bowl, I was uh, <laughs> I was kind of nauseated. It's not as delicious looking as uh, what lived. Well, <laughs> well, and all last season when they had the you know the gogurt looking, uh, you know, so yeah. now we get to see how it's made. 
See how the sausages make? I don't know if that's yeah. it. Did you notice on the brains as they were going down there, the line, they had an FG seal of approval on each one of them? <laughs> like <they're> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's Fillmore Graves is like totally in control of the walled off city? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm. So the Seattle Police Department no longer exists here. No, it does. We see it later. <laughs> I mean, I know, but is it actually the police department? Yeah, um, it seemed uh, a little empty, to to be honest. Uh, it was empty, but also then when when Clive and Liv go later uh, to the family's house, he like for the it's like the power vested in me by Fillmore Graves. I can do this, <laughs> not yeah, you know the law. Of Seattle, the city of Seattle. I thought that was odd, and I can't wait to see more of this. Um, the power that Fillmore Graves has, right? I, it's funny. This guy Hicks is pretty bitter. Um, he's talking to uh, Paralis, which, uh, <clears throat> by the way, Paralis is played by Daniel Bacon, who played Bone Cruncher in the BFG. Did you ever see the BFG? <laughs> No, he's one of the he's one of the not so friendly giants, um, the bone cruncher, obviously. Um, so I, I love how he says that, uh, you know, obviously he's a football guy, so he probably hates the Patriots. Right. And so he's saying New England really needs like New England should have got that zombie outbreak. And as a as a resident of New England, I got to say, uh, yeah, we definitely need one. Um, it, it would clear up a lot of nonsense around here because, uh, you know, it's all peaceful and everything, but yeah, zombies, you know, might be pretty cool, especially if they're, you know, cool zombies like live, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Hicks is spewing out stuff like the Legion of boom, the 12th man. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's not a football guy, but. Well, and also, it's not just football stuff. It's like West Coast football stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would. I was. I watched it a second time, and um, I I got more of it. You know, it, I understood more, especially in the interrogation scene. Uh, it, it, just, uh-huh. it was like it was like listening to somebody speak another language, but kind of get the idea by the <clears throat> what the tone of their voice is. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> So. Well, see, it helped watching with my husband because when, uh, you know, Clive goes, oh, Liv, watch out. You're going into a full-on zombie mode. She said it's beast mode. Beast mode. I, I had no idea. My husband had to tell me that's Marshawn Lynch sure. <laughs> or some, some football player. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Hicks ends up having a bad accident. It reminded me of an episode of Six Feet Under where somebody falls into, like, a giant mixing bowl like that and gets all chopped up. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. But <clears throat> we learned through uh, Paralis in his discussion with Clive that it's been nearly four months since D-Day. So I like that we kind of established a timeline through the conversation, you know. And, um, yeah, so... Hicks is a big football guy and a big zombie hater, but uh, so Liv, uh, Liv mixes up some brains, and it's a pretty cool scene, right? Yeah. Reminded me of my childhood. Because wasn't up- that the... No. No, not making up, frying up brains, but <laughs> the the like old school NFL Monday Night Football oh. theme. 
You mean this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I that is the Monday Night Football theme. Um, I didn't know that. All I remember is all I know is like Hank Williams sings a song that gets everybody riled up to watch some. Football. I think that was that was like ten, fifteen years ago. But I think okay. the song that we heard was like from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, from like when we were when we were children. So um, the investigation is pretty interesting. Client, you know the. The fact that zombies are known by everybody is uh, pretty prevalent through this episode and the way things are treated. For instance, when Clive and Liv go to the front door, he tells Liv to hold back. Like she is ready to act all kooky and football-y and whatever, but he's like, you know, hey, maybe these people don't want to know that you ate their (laughs) loved one's brain, you know? So um, anyway, so we meet Kelly, uh, the wife, and Zorn. The sun, which I guess must be a football uh, reference. People who name their children after football people. Okay. Living in Alabama, this is a thing. Right. There are lots of children named Bryant. Lots of children that, you know, it's yeah. a, this, this is a thing. Yeah. I will not, I will, I will refrain from, you know, airing my feelings about that. Yeah, well, you know, when they get of age, I'm going to make sure that little Clive and Ravi don't hear this episode, so I'll have to delete this one. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> um, it's but, weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird, people. <laughs> this is interesting. Uh, it reminded me of uh, the beginning of season two with Grumpy Old Liv, where he was. She had a racist old guy's brain. Where this time she's like grumpy. And racist towards zombies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved the part, like, it's so weird, where some kids ride by on bicycles and they're like, zombies suck. She's like, yeah, go Hawks. <laughs> like, Honestly, yeah, go Hawks. That was I was my, like, what just happened? <laughs> that was my, that was like one of my favorite parts of the episode. Oh, man. Like, yeah, go Hawks. Like, we all agree on that. Zombies do suck. <laughs> and go Hawks. Oh, Okay, I guess it's kind of like here everybody's greeting is Roll Tide. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. I mean, I, don't I think get it's stupid, either. but Roll Tide. You don't have to like, it, like, get a life, people. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mrs. Hicks points them to the suspect, uh, Doc Greeley, who is a San Franciscan. Ugh. Oh, God. Yeah, what's so funny, weird about, like, it's socially acceptable to be a jerk (laughs) in this way. Oh, oh, on the show. In this way, no, like, like you can put each other down and insult each other as sports fans, and it's okay. But (laughs) don't, you know, you know, I just think that's so weird that... You can be a jerk to each other with sports put downs, but not <laughs> anything else. <laughs> I know. Uh, and <clears throat> like the first time through this whole interrogation scene, I was not understanding, like I said, but like the second time, I, I understood that A, 
Seahawks fans can be cocky. B, Richard Sherman is a god. And C, San Francisco can suck it or the other way around. I know. Okay, Richard (laughs) Sherman. Now, I do know about Richard Sherman. He went to Stanford, which is like a very good college. And he's like very intelligent. Gotcha. He's like, you know, Stanford is like is like an Ivy League school on the West Coast, sort of. That is all I know about Richard Sherman. I didn't even know he was a C. Like, I remembered that he went to Stanford, but... Uh, oh, okay. I like your- because, see, we follow more... We more follow college football than we do NFL. Mm-hmm. I love here that uh, uh, Clive doesn't like Seahawks fans either. It makes sense because he's a cop, you know? He probably has to break <laughs> up some fights. Well, but he's not from Seattle. Oh, you remember yeah, he too. had just... Yeah. yeah he's right. from... He's a Knicks fan, New York Knicks. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a basketball. Knicks fan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so Super Bowl Forty Nine argument happens. We go to beast mode, like you said. That was funny. Uh, on Facebook, uh, listener Amy and her husband were actually yelling at the screen during this whole bit because they're Forty uh, Nine er fans. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, the next part of this case, we go to the detectives meeting and like you said, the, it's kind of like an empty office. There's not many people there. You know, yeah. And Bosio's in charge. Yeah. Where'd L- Lieutenant DeVore go? <laughs> I, I hope she's okay. May, it, well, yeah. Well, I guess she got outside the wall. Maybe. So, okay. What is going on with Clive and Bosio? Is it that he is keeping his distance from her because she's I, a zombie? Yeah. I mean, in that way. I think they're still together, but I, I think they're very much like Major and Liv, you know? So. Um, I'm sure that yeah, they will get more later. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, you know, there's a kind of an exchange later where Liv's, Liv asks Clive to go to see, to go talk to Major with her, and he looks kind of at Basio, and he's like, yeah, my night's free. <laughs> um, but what's cool here is that we got. Cops and zombies. We have uh, some new cops we haven't seen before. Uh, Halpern and Schumacher, which uh, I don't know if you realize that's – those are uh, iZombie writers. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Abracadaver. And uh, Patrick Schumacher is actually the awesome writer that sent me uh, the autographs of the cast. So if you're listening, Pat, thank you very much again. Uh, probably not listening though. <laughs> um, we have you know our original, uh, our original flavor, Clive and Liv uh, paired up. And we have – Kavanaugh and Basio, which uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Basio's a zombie, and uh, you know, I guess she's got to pair up with somebody. Uh, Kavanaugh didn't look too worried about where Devore went to, so hopefully she is okay because you know, obviously they were in a relationship, right? <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know if you remember Gossip Brain. No, all so many. No. All, all, all so many years ago, yeah, Liv was suspecting that uh, Kavanaugh and. Uh, Devore were in a relationship. Oh, wow. That went over my head. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so Basio is not looking forward to eating uh, physics teacher's brain. Uh, and I, in my second watch, I was like, oh, maybe she knows he was a naturist and doesn't want to like me walking around naked. But she doesn't have to worry about that because uh, we're going to detour to uh, Ravi. I love the, uh, the, the subtitle, Dr. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that Bazio was expecting to have to eat the brain to figure oh. out the the mystery, but 
she didn't have to because Ravi ate the brain. <laughs> yeah. And Ravi was expected to get, to get inspiration from this professor's brain, but he didn't. He got something completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to go back over this to listen to it again to really figure it out. Do you, do you understand what's happened to Ravi? No, please explain. <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. Yeah. So the the vaccine, the proto-vaccine, he's calling it, worked sort of. Uh, he says this is the third time he's turned into a zombie. Um, remember, it's been four months, right? It's the third time he's turned into a zombie, but it only lasts 72 hours. So we had Liv scratch him at the season three finale. And he says that she scratched him several times, but that doesn't actually turn him um, but every few weeks, he turns into a zombie. Um, Liv actually says that it's his time of month. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, do you remember another show that kind of made that joke? <laughs> About no. a supernatural creature? I'm calling back to Buffy. Uh, remember uh, Willow making that joke about Oz? No. Yeah, saying, oh, it's that time of the month for you again. You know, I know how it oh feels. Oh, my gosh. You remember? So... Wow, I made no. this connection because I think the, that Rob Thomas might be subtly uh, throwing like uh, "What's up" to the comic book readers because Robbie is essentially a were terrier now, but he's not like a were terrier. He's like a were zombie because he's it's like every full moon he's you know every uh, every uh, few weeks he's turning into a zombie for just a few days, seventy two hours. <sighs> It's so weird. See, at first it made me mad. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, the show is trying to have its cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. They don't want to fully commit to Ravi being a zombie. Yeah. But but now he says he con- he continues to be human. He just craves brains. No, no. He I mean, he gets that white streak in his hair. Uh-huh. Um, and it only lasts 70 He's like a he's a zombie for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. But he but doesn't th- completely. When he, when he says he remains human, he, he's talking about when Liv scratches him. Like that doesn't turn him. It's just this proto vaccine has made it so he's a, a zombie wear terrier. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> it's the show has upped its up, upped it. You know, like yeah. It's not just Ravi turns into a zombie. That would be so boring. Right. It would be so blah if Ravi turned into – yeah, it's completely different. You know there's going to be a time. And it's hilarious. Yeah. You know there's going to be a time when like Ravi is not going to want to be turning into a zombie at a certain point and he's going to. You know, that's a classic werewolf story, you know. Don't make me angry. Um, oh, I wanted to point out to you, Steph. I know you're a fan of this kind of trivia. Uh, does it? St- is this the first time Robbie's worn a hat? Oh, no. <laughs> I do not care. Sorry, folks. In joke. You got to listen to We Don't Want to Wait to get that. Uh, but uh, one of the hats is uh, Joe Flag's toe tags, which I love that. I love that. There's a shop called that. And uh, yeah, so Liv has a vision about a soldier talking about the black market. Um, and we have uh, we hear that Jimmy sketched uh, uh, his picture from her vision, and I'm like, oh, what a tease! She mentions Jimmy, but there's no Jimmy in this episode. So, so maybe we'll see him later. Yeah. See, um, uh, see, all through the episode, I'm watch, I'm wondering, you know, like what will come next? What will we see? What can we expect to see later on in the season? 
Right. What things are referenced now that will come back later? Oh, Just so small things. Think, yeah. Because uh, there's so here, much. There is so much packed into this episode. Mm-hmm. One thing here is Clive does not look like he, when when Liv asks him to go talk to Major with him. He, he pretty much uh, um, intimates that like uh, Major might not be telling the truth. You know, he's like, "Oh, you sure you trust him?" You know, and it's because he's Fillmore Graves. He's we Fillmore can't Graves, trust yeah. Fillmore Graves. So, uh, yeah, they're majors looking at the sketch and yeah, he does, uh, act a little bit like, uh, mm, yeah. And then he kind of says the name. Um, but then we see Robbie step out and he's in <sighs> with nature. <laughs> uh, we got like a freaking amazing Clive reaction shot to start us <laughs> off because wow, he was appalled. <laughs> Of course he would be. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we go to the scratching post and this guy, Russ, is a complete douche uh, and is just being so gross about the zombie hookers and what he deserves. And it seems like Fillmore Graves has some sort of a sway at the scratching post, or at least this guy does because he's doing some black market stuff. So I'm, I'm, that's another little thing. I think we're going to see this guy again. Yeah. Well, and also this whole – the shortage of the brains and people uh, – there there being a black market for the brains and – Oh, yeah. The, and I, I feel like that that's where the season is going to go. Oh, starvation is definitely uh, mentioned several times throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there's going to be like a – Uprising or war? Yeah. I'm really, really hoping. I'm. It's they've got to do it. I mean, starvation. You starve a zombie, he turns, he or she turns into a Romero. We've got to get like a massive uh, Romero, like you know, classic zombie uh, problem. You know? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Anyway, so Roche has uh, some Shakespeare brain, and I guess a uh, friend of the pod, uh, I zombie writer Graham Norris, wrote a lot of these lines. Get thee gone, sir, before I box thine ears. <laughs> um, uh, you trespass, sir, and know not what you do, so I shall teach thee, knave, and teach thee true. And uh, yeah, this during this live during the live tweet, I was like, now this is more up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tons more interesting. And really, a nice tense action scene um, because uh, Roach uh, goes to slap Clive with the glove, and Clive is not having that. And then he sees Roach go for his gun, and Clive immediately pulls his like fast. And I think Clive is definitely under some pressure. I mean, he says in the opening scene to Ravi, like, you know, we're we're going to get nuked, you know, <laughs> or yeah, about that, but it's like, mm. yeah. What's interesting is the humans. Are threatened, worried that the outside world doesn't care about them and they could mm. nuke them and just level them and get rid of them. But we see in the 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 restaurant scene, the zombies do not w- want to turn humans to zombies because the more humans, the better off everybody is. That's right. Yeah, they're not going to murder a bunch of innocent people, innocent humans. Yeah. Which is why, um, yeah, Zombie Island might not have been a good idea because they might have just nuked that island. You know, as bad as uh, Carrie Gold and her conspiracy was at the end of season three and, you know, 
infecting all the vaccinations. Um, she did have a point in that. <laughs> they probably would have been vaporized. But this isn't the greatest thing either. Uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, skipping ahead a little bit, we're going to kind of go back to the restaurant scene. But um, after that, uh, Peyton and uh, Derek, this, this lawyer here has a name. And uh, he is not somebody we trust. He never is. Because he's Adam Kaufman. (laughs) But he's Parker. Uh, From Buffy, uh, if anybody doesn't know. Um, But he was also Jack's first kiss on Dawson's Creek, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, he wasn't so bad, though. He made more of an impression (laughs) on Buffy. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... uh, yeah, there's a Z uh, spray painted on Liv's apartment door. The, the scarlet letter of uh, of Seattle. <laughs> you know? mm. And she's not. She's not. She doesn't care. She's not worried at all. No, she says Z for zebra, which I guess is a thing. Uh, I don't know. No, it's referees because oh, okay. that was on Jeopardy yesterday. That was a clue on Jeopardy yesterday. Oh. Football I wouldn't fans have put it are together. pulling their hair out by, the, by this point in our <laughs> podcast. I am so sorry. But, you know, um, you can tell me how much you don't have any idea about X-Files and Smallville after this. <laughs> Send in your feedback. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Liv, I love the loony bin that they walk into because Liv is all painted up. She's got all of her galia on. Oh, my gosh. That was so freaky. Look, like her <laughs> eyes. Yeah. That it was just... So weird looking. <laughs> and then there's her eyes Robbie, starting around. Looks so weird. complete, oh, still just... in harmony with nature. Okay, <laughs> <Queso>. so <laughs> yeah, don't let him sit down without a towel. Uh. <laughs> uh, interesting note here, though. Robbie seems to be cool with Derek. He's not like at all. You know, it might have been the brain, but he's not giving any sort of pining looks uh, towards Peyton. Um. Yeah. And uh, and then after uh, Peyton says, "What should I do with Ravi?" and Liv interestingly says, "I say get back together with him." <laughs> so maybe she doesn't like Derek. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, they wrap up the case. Uh, it turns out that the Hicks tried to b- boot his son, and uh, you know we're going to meet some other runaways in a moment. And yeah, that was another interesting thing. Okay, yeah. the boy. Had a girlfriend who was a zombie, and that's how he got turned. And so the dad was just very unhappy about it, and the the mother felt like she had to choose between her child and her husband. Yep, that's how serious it was. And I love the again a little dip into what the pol- police procedural here is in New Seattle. Um, Clive has to inform them, hey, my partner has sampled your father's brain and he's able, she's able to experience moments from uh, the deceased's lives and, uh, and says, you know, that basically they saw Hicks kick his son out of the apartment or out of the house. And the son immediately comes back with saying, well, that, everybody knows that that's inadmissible. And I'm, mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's like hearsay. <laughs> like any mm-hmm. can say, I saw so-and-so murder so-and-so. It's like. Turns into the crucible all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we have another arrest we feel bad about. That's like our favorites because, uh, you know, we hate to see. I mean, yes, she shouldn't have murdered her husband. Um, but, you know, she loves her son and, 
you know, he made her kick kick him out, or he kicked him out himself. So, so anyway, anyway, uh, let's go to Major, um, who is patrolling. There's a curfew. There's some the dead enders. We see the dead enders, and they're uh, they're a human group. It roams the streets and try and you know throws Molotov cocktails at zombies. I like how Major made sure not to get these guys killed because he knows that zombies are going to heal anyway. But um, as after that, um, Chase gives him a new assignment, which means um, he's going to have his old job back, which is counseling young runaways. Um, but yeah, it was zombies. so. <laughs> it was so weird. Like Major repeated word for word. What Chase said to him Oh really Just about I mean practically I mean I don't know for Mm -hmm. sure But it was just everything that Chase Graves said To Major he said In that group to those kids Oh okay It was was real creepy (laughs) (laughs) And Um, because you know we don't Trust Chase Graves but then we Find out later what his Ulterior motives were Yeah Chase is under a lot of pressure A lot of pressure and um yeah, it turns out that he wants child soldiers. Um, and, uh, yeah, but Major Major gets to know these kids. Um, uh, and they're, and they're, yeah, it turns out, you know, they talk about the starvation in, in New Seattle. And um, uh, we meet uh, a couple of the kids, uh, Captain Seattle, which I always was wondering who Captain Seattle is. Well, I guess he's kind of a, like a... Version of Captain America, but in Seattle Because he just immediately stands up to a bully You know um, And this guy is played by uh, Jake Manley, who is in Heroes Reborn I, I barely remember His character, but um, But I did want to mention I eh, really would have loved to have seen Tatum and Patrice Here uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dearden said in the Interview, I don't know if you heard it, but He said that uh, they're they're actually Rotting in a uh, Fillmore Graves jail cell <laughs> So, oh, uh, that's yeah. sad. Uh, um, so, uh, some of these kids are vaccinated and just thrown out of their homes when they come home. They're as zombies, you know. What a rough, rough deal. Um, and yeah, and just very, you know, uh, reminiscent of you know parents, kids coming out to their parents, their parents mm-hmm. not accepting them and kicking them out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. What terrible human beings. <laughs> the AIDS virus, you know. Yeah. You know, how that affects, yeah. Yep, I I'm, I see it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, oh, yeah, they're shocked that there's a vending machine and the Fillmore Grave soldiers get double rations. And there's, you know, they mentioned that some kids trade sex for brains. Some tubes are, like, watered down, you know, when they're distributed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like the tubes are – like this is just – oh, this like – oh, this like wartime – see, it, this reminds yeah. me of The Third Man, you know, like oh, yeah? it's World War Two. Did you ever see The Third Man? It's so oh, good. It's my favorite ago. movie. I remember you know, a, 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 a ride on a Ferris wheel. That's about all I remember. <laughs> or am I thinking of Touch of Evil? I get those all mixed up. Anyway, continue. Anyway, just how, you know, it's wartime and things are bad and you have all these different factions and then there's the the uh, the black market. You know, people have to do what they got to do and it's desperate times and um, 
crime, the black market, and all that. It's really interesting. I yeah, it's, it's so much to dig into in, in the season. Um, but I do love that the major gets the kids' brains, and um, they ended up. There's some sort of nice woman that gave them extra brains. Well, see, I I I thought that they took the brains out of the vending machine and major just covered for them. Um, no, it's, I think it was like twofold. Um, they got like maybe an extra tube handed to them by this woman that they're talking about. But when, um, major looks into Jordan's backpack, you know, she got uh-huh. a bunch of brains and she had tools in there to open up that vending machine. So I don't think, uh. they, yeah, I think it was like two different things. So yeah, uh, chase, uh, wants child soldiers, major picks, um, you know, the ones he probably thinks needs it the most or deserve it the most, um, the, you know, the extra help. And that's Captain Seattle and Jordan. And, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking these kids, I don't know, one of them is going to probably die. Uh, and he's just going to feel really guilty about what he's done here. You know, he thinks he's helping mm-hmm. them, but child soldiers, uh. Yeah, Major's just in a bad situation because he's he's stuck between Fillmore Graves, his loyalties to Fillmore Graves, and his loyalties, you know, to what's right, Liv and Clive, of course. Yep. So we are at the thirty minute mark, but we still have to talk about Blaine and Angus. Uh, we'll work through that, and then we'll get to feedback. Um, <laughs> so uh, America has built a wall. Our, our uh, Donald has gotten his. Uh, <laughs> Wish America has built a wall, but it's around New Seattle because there's a zombie outbreak. <laughs> and uh, Blaine is walking around with Chase, trading info to stay open. And I love the mention of the barber here. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if he'll be back. Yeah, I really hope Stephen Williams returns to the show. Uh, he's just such a good actor that, uh, yeah, I really like him. Uh, 21 Jump Street forever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we hear more. We hear about watered down brain tubes here and the starvation problem, yada yada yada. But Blaine is trying to get some digging supplies for his um, his graves, the you know shady plots and all that. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, homie wants to dig a tunnel under this wall. I'm thinking so he can smuggle in um, people or brains or both. <laughs> um, and we get introduced to the guillotine, which is really you know at first glance I thought, oh man. So it just like cuts off people's heads. Then I look closer and I'm like, oh, there's an anvil on that uh, guillotine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a head smasher, not a head cutter. Yeah. And I just immediately remembered that, you know, Rob Thomas uh, loves Les Mis and probably loves the French Revolution. And, you know, it all fits the guillotine and the starvation. It all fits into uh, French Revolution stuff. Let them eat brains, Steph. Let them eat brains. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, uh, I I wrote down here about the the new credits. We have the uh, Angus is now a full time character, um, and he's n- known in the credits as the Prophet. Yeah, what is up with that? What does that mean? I, you know, I was kind of like, what's going on with the placement here? Okay, uh, so I wrote this down in in order of the credits. Okay, so we got the beginning, the infection, the transformation, which is just basically introducing Liv and then how she gets scratched by Blaine. So you see Blaine. Then it says the ex-fiance, Major, the best friend, Peyton. And then we get the prophet, Angus. Um, and then it's the ally and the partner, Ravi and Clive. And I was like, really? Shouldn't Angus be at like the end? Because he's like the last 
mm-hmm. cast member to join. Um, but I think that's just for the opening titles and how it worked together because um, when you know Liv and Clive are doing their uh, questioning of Paralysis in the factory, you see the actual credits rolling underneath, and it shows, and and it's actually in cast order. So it's Rose, Malcolm, Raoul, uh, Buckley, Anders, uh, Allie, and then Angus. You know, at the end, mm-hmm. so. but, uh, proper cast order is there. I was like, what the heck? Weird. Anyway, <clears throat> so we're back to the well, uh, the, the well that Blaine sashed his father in, and Blaine is uh, lamenting. And um, yeah, this was a great scene because he had to act like a sniveling rat to chase Graves, but then he comes to the well and he's like, you know, just so full of himself uh-huh. and just the way, just the verbose way he's speaking. Mo money, mo problems. <laughs> <laughs> and he says he's going to need an army. He's going to have, so, so you can have them by the short and curlies. And, and he's like, yeah, he's big and tough. He's uh, big and tough when he's there talking to nobody practically. But uh, when he's with Chase Graves, he's, he's sniveling. Mm-hmm. And he says, I love you. I mean it. Ciao. <laughs> Uh, so I just and and some of these things that he was saying, I was like, "What is that all about?" You know, I know, I know. Weird. And then how the episode ends. We'll get yes. Anyway, so Dino pissed off at uh, uh, Blaine is being snotty to him. Decides to pull his old boss out of the well, and uh, uh, Angus is just gone crazy. He's repeating things that Blaine yelled down to him. He's he's talking a so- lot about. God and how and I think referring to his son as God, I, I right? Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. So does that mean that Angus was close to becoming a Romero? I think so. He's pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and his his son was still giving him brains, but very little. He's like throwing yeah. Flex down. Well, you could, yeah, you could hear the pieces hitting the water. Yeah. So you don't know did did Angus actually get the brain? So Dino gives him a hammer to bash out the uh, cement block around his feet, and that was a dumb move because Dino, uh, Angus gets free and bashes Dino's head in. Yeah, that because, was really uh, cool. Like every time he would throw the hammer up and catch it, yeah. it you would hear that sound effect. Yeah, bang. that sound. Yeah, bang. that was really neat because yeah. it, it. I mean, it, it it goes with the rest of the show, like the sound design of the show, uh-huh. but also it stands out. Yeah, enough to say, just wait. Mm-hmm. This is coming back. Oh, it's hammer time! <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! I wish I had that sound clip loaded up. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, quick detour to uh, the cemetery to table scene, which is our the the Romero's restaurant, which I don't think they actually mentioned the name yet. Um, maybe it was on the menus or something. I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is where we see uh, Brackus, and I don't know if that's his wife or a, a zombie girlfriend of his or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really paid attention to Brackus's wife, I guess. Um, but we see Peyton out with Derek. And uh, and she's definitely dating him, so uh, that's happening. And we don't trust him. So, and what's interesting here is like we we see Blaine here, and he is definitely pining. Like later, we see Robbie is just like not interested at all, and Blaine is like, yeah, eyes focused, on eyeing her. her. And, yes, and she just kind of looks at him like, stop looking at me, you know. Mm-hmm. Making her want- very uncomfortable. 
Yeah. And then also he makes a remark when she, when Blaine gets Peyton's order and then he gets Derek's order. Yeah. He's like, yeah, flounder. I knew you wanted the flounder. <laughs> uh, and I, a couple more things I want to mention with this scene is uh, Blaine's hair is totally on point. Uh, way to go, uh, who, whoever's doing the hairstyling for this episode because I was like, I want that hair. It looks messy but looks <laughs> like an anime character. It's great. Uh, <laughs> it looks messy, but it looks like it's supposed to look that way. Yeah, and the, yeah, and their discussion—you know, like you said, the humans are good for you know New Seattle, and so the zombies all don't get murdered. But also that uh, Chase Graves has decreed a death penalty for any zombie who scratches a human. So, um, and you know, rumblings about whether where where does he get off? You know, of having all this power, but. Uh, Okay, so the last scene, Angus goes to church. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been turned? You can still be saved. Zombies welcome here. Uh, and yeah, he enters and uh, hearing this conversation about or this uh, uh, thing about pits of hell. And he says, you mean pits of well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, So he thought he had been to hell in that whale all these months. And that would be terrible. Four hell. months in a whale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so many, like the well puns, just keep bring, bring them on. I love them. Oh, and also, you know, he's asking, are you a human or are you zombie? And he was like, well, I'm human, of course, because zombies can't be ordained. Yeah. So, so there's more of that, you know, women can't be ordained. Uh-huh. Oh, I was singing along with the I zombie theme. Oh. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Angus is uh, ready to take charge here, and he says, and he, and he uh, smashes this guy's head in and says, God loves you. He means it. Ciao. <laughs> I mean, I really did enjoy that scene. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, just the, the fact that, like, holy, I was like, that's not familiar. And then, oh, Blaine said that. Blaine said all that, except yeah. he says, I love you. He said, but Angus was saying, God loves you. So, is Blaine God? You know, I don't know. Um, one thing that a little bit of a, a criticism here, like how easy this is for Angus. Like these people, all all the zombies here. I mean, they must be like super starving, and to to let somebody murder this priest in front of them because you know they all still are people, um, but like not one of them is like hey or oh my god and runs out or anything like that. They you know they they're all about like you know this guy's mur- this priest's murder, you know. So. Yeah, I, I know it was it was weird, but I guess they were just so horrified that they yeah. were just they couldn't they were just paralyzed in horror. All right, well that's it for our discussion. We went ten minutes late, later than we we meant to. Of course we good. did. We're doing good. Uh, <laughs> so uh, solid three out of five, right? Just kidding. Three out. <laughs> It's another podcast I listen to. Like every every one of their reviews is like, so I give it a three out of five, <laughs> like whatever it is, <laughs> because who cares about rankings? I love the episode. I'm so happy to have a zombie back. Anything more you want to say before we get the feedback? Nope, I agree. So happy it's back. So happy that it will be a more relatable topic next <laughs> next week. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, all right, so let's get the feedback. Uh, our first is an email. I'm going to read read it here. This is from Efrax. 
And uh, Efrex, hey, Efrex, missed you, buddy. Um, he has been tweeting at us, uh, so he's been he's been keeping us company. He's been rewatching. Um, and all right, let me read this. Okay. Hi, Robin and Steph. So good to be back in I Zombie World. Can't wait to hear you guys dig into this one. This opener leaves me both hopeful and worried. On the one hand, there are a lot of really interesting dynamics that I can see playing out in New Seattle, with the writers setting up a lot of potential large-scale conflicts. Just off the top of my head, I can see storylines exploring the relationships between humans and zombies, Fillmore Graves and the citizenry, Fillmore Graves and the police department, rich and poor zombies, New Seattleites, and the rest of the country. That's quite a lot yep. to explore uh, with a lot of potentially relevant social commentary all along the way should the show choose to go that route. And any of them would make for a very different but still watchable season. Yeah, I am guarantee they're going to go that route. But I think they're still going to make it fun. Um, uh, on the other hand, I'm really concerned about how slapstickish the brain humor was, particularly with Liv. I've always preferred the episodes in which Liv's new abilities give her either insight into or conflict with her own personality. From what I've heard and seen in previews, it looks like we're getting a lot of potentially one-note comic brains this season, and I don't care for it. Hope I'm wrong. Similarly, uh, the nudist Ravi scenes... I'm sorry, it's a naturist, Efrax. <laughs> While I'm sure we're very satisfying to a certain subset of the Raul Coley fan base, felt really out of place to me. Shakespearean actor Blue Juice Brain, however, is always welcome. We can always use more insults from the bard in any situation. <laughs> <laughs> to the actual events of the episode. Ravi as now he is, now he isn't zombie, is yet another in a long series of plot must, must trump science decisions the writers have made. Mm-hmm. Here's hoping the dramatic payoffs from that decision outweigh its silliness. Blaine's poor management style results in betrayal yet again. <laughs> Too bad poor <laughs> Dino won't be able to see where his turncoat move leads. The Angus as profit idea seems really weird, but it's clearly meant to be a season-long arc, so I'll hold off judgment on that for a while. As someone who appreciates both surf and turf, I strongly resent Blaine's mocking of Peyton's boyfriend's flounder order. <laughs> also, I don't know just what part of Seattle has been walled off to form New Seattle, but if either Elliott Bay or Lake Washington are within the boundaries, then you're almost certainly getting better quality fish than beef nowadays anyhow. Wow, that's some good insight there, Efrex. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of Peyton's boyfriend, the lovely wife who just binged through the first three seasons for the first time, and I, are refusing to remember or use his name despite his superior culinary taste. Charles <laughs> Probarty will not be denied. Listen, I tell you and remind you that his name is Derek, but you used my hashtag, Charles Probarty, so I give you uh, 10 extra points this week. Um, continues, uh, Major's interactions with the homeless zombie teens were probably my favorite part of this episode. I don't think I've um, given Robert Buckley enough kudos for his work with the character. There's a really fine balance between Major's in- inherent decency, his impulsiveness, and his helplessness. And it's really I- impressive how the writers and he have consistently delivered a character who far exceeds his genre role. Okay, that's enough rambling for now. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say, Efrex. Thanks, Efrex. Yep, I, I agree 100% with all that. Oh, some good food for thoughts. Some good brain food. Yeah. All right, I'm going to read Megan's email. Hey, Megan. Uh, Megan, I started watching iZombie on Netflix several months ago for the sole Ooh. purpose of being able to listen to you guys' podcast about it. Oh, thank wow. you. <laughs> 
I love Veronica Mars, so figured I would probably like this show, but the zombie aspect uh, was making me hesitant. Now I feel silly about having any hesitation, This, as this is a great show, and your podcast is a wonderful addition to watching the show. I have been trying to catch up in time to watch the new season, but still a few have a few episodes of season three left. I hope to be caught up by the next episode so I can join the Facebook group and listen along with the episodes. Then I can go catch up on Smallville. (laughs) Thank you again for your time and effort on this podcast between this and we don't want to wait. My commute into DC is a little more bearable. I'm off to leave an iTunes review. Yes, please go leave an iTunes review. Five stars. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. And yeah, she's talking about Smallville because that's what we're talking about on our other podcast, We Don't Want to Wait, uh, where we binge watch TV shows. And uh, gosh, we're seven seasons into Smallville and going like a freight train. So it's awesome. Yeah. We're on the Cousin Oliver season. Cousin Oliver season. <laughs> season seven. Yeah. All right. This next one's from Tim. Uh, Tim said, Tim's giving me uh, different notes for different characters. So here we go. Angus. I know Robin in the past has compared he and Blaine to an even more dysfunctional Lex and Lionel. I'm guessing this is going to be the equivalent of to possessed Jorel Lionel. For listeners who don't get the reference, check out We Don't Want to Wait. Oh, yet another plug for another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. When I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, Angus is such Lionel. Yeah. Uh, Robbie. So he has temporary zombie flare-ups like herpes? I wonder if you were to sleep with someone while human, if they would be turned. Probably not going to risk it. And while and while romance is on hold for he and Peyton, yeah, that's true. I didn't I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I was uh, I'd wondered that. He's got just zombie wearterism. Um, Blaine, as for Peyton's other suitor, I did feel. I did feel sad for him during that one scene with Peyton. Maybe I wasn't supposed to, but I'm amused that Baracus still wants to frequent his establishment despite, you know, turning him into a zombie, extortion. I suppose being seen as fancy and prestigious is that important to him. As for Blaine's current activities, I suppose at this point, murdering one certain ex-boyfriend who lives to save himself and a bunch of runaways to feed zombies won't be seen as that scandalous to some in New Seattle. Some zombies might approve, but do people, a.k.a. Chase, know and care about that now? I don't know. No. Uh, People are, you know, I mean, lol, never forget. Runaway kids, never forget. Eva and Evan, never forget. Uh, Tatum and Patrice, never forget. But... (laughs) We're moving on. Season four. Here we go. Uh, Major, to that end, I'm calling it now that one of his kids dying. Oh, excuse me. I I skipped Chase. Chase, he's back to where I'm not sure if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I know he means well, but his methods are questionable. Not just Chekhov's guillotine, but drafting untrained zombie teens. If they die, their blood is on his hands. Been a few seasons since we've had a good child murder on a zombie, so keep an eye out. And uh, Major, to that end, I'm calling it now that one of his kids is dying. Kids dying is going to make what Major make Major realize that Fillmore Graves is going too far and get him back on the mm-hmm. good side of seeing things. Can't go a season without Major angst. You know it's coming. <laughs> Major angst. Thanks, Tim. All right, so we have some Facebook feedback. Okay, from Amy Ale. Uh, is it just me or does the CW have the best sci-fi shows on TV? They have so many great 
series and iZombie is one of the best series there is. <laughs> yes. I have there's very I watch very very little else. I watch This Is Us and that's mm-hmm. about it. I every, yeah, I watch the all the CW. I watch all the C what I say. Yeah. That's right. Oh, and the CW. And yeah, the CW. yeah. I watch all CW shows. James L. says, this was great, but I feel that not dealing on screen about what happened with Mom and Evan had to be something, and how the other homicide cops feel about Clive getting his breakthroughs from Liv's special diet was a mistake. Also, I noted that homicide is five (sighs) cops plus Liv. It used to be a lot bigger. Yeah, it's the zombie apocalypse, James. Um, As for Mom and Evan, uh, you know, eventually, maybe? I don't know. I'm thinking serious finale. They're going to roll back into the, the episode and be like, yeah. hey, miss us. <laughs> yeah, and, and your dad, he's on the phone. Your dad's on the phone. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, Pete W. says, I'm never going to trust Parker for Buffy. Not now, not ever. For reals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, Dave ST says, fascinating start to what looks like to be a crazy season. Uh, one, the kicked out of their homes kids has an X-Men vibe. Yeah, totally. Mm. Two, so did I see Bazio being chief of police? Yes, you did. Three, Ravi Cure thing? Very open to potential for the season. Yep. Four, Angus did not last long in that well. Wow, he's really gone nuts. <laughs> Five, Liv's Seahawk outfit was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Six, Seattle seemed kind of stable at, at, you know, actually, let me just pause there. Uh, Her Seahawk outfit, like the one that she was wearing at home was really hilarious. Yeah. The painted face. Yeah. Was hysterical. With the wig and everything. But, like, my favorite thing was the the fact that, like, they go to the house to interview the widow and the, the, the son. And Clive is giving her a lecture about, like, not acting like she's eight. Or you know the victim's brains or whatever, and she's like, "Oh yeah, sure." And you just like almost you, like you just notice immediately she goes to the salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> no, no, no. The fact that she's standing there and like you look down and she's wearing a Seahawks shirt like already underneath her jacket, <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah, it's already there. All right, <clears throat> number six. Seattle seemed kind of un- kind of stable at the moment, but really close to chaos. I predict a lot of breakdown toward the end of the he- end of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven, an entire city cut off from the rest of the country has a lot of fascinating implications. Well presented by the Seahawk fan who now has no job. Um, Eight, being able to be an out and proud zombie is quite a change, but seems to be a lot of haters as well. Can't blame them. Yep. So that's it for our Facebook feedback. Um... I do want to remind everybody to check out the app from our friends at TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. Um, And you'll hear such comments as these. Aid? A day? Huh? I think it's aid. Aid? I never knew how much I needed Zombie Robbie. Him getting different personalities is going to be delightful. Him getting different personalities is going to be delightful. Mebius, I miss cooking lessons with Liv. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, 
Milano8896 says, finally, peace for Major. He's too adorable helping those kids. Yeah. Toy Crane, Angus looks like Charles Manson during his final years. <laughs> Sean Streeter, finally, some love for the Hawks. Finally, some love for the Hawks. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> whatever uh, you say, hey, Sean you know, Streeter. I don't hate them. <laughs> I just don't know them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, if you want to join the community of uh, TV watchers, uh, join there. Join there, and uh, yeah, if you're leaving any sort of comments in there, I'll, I'll, we'll be picking out a few every week um, to mention on the show in our feedback section. And also, speaking of, um, we're doing a little cross promoting this week. I know. I'm sorry, folks. There's a lot of promotion, but. Uh, I, I do want to mention another one of those podcasts uh, that's streaming on TV Time, and that's the Riverdale Register. Uh, let me read their ad copy here. <clears throat> For more content where the, guy, where the guy reads off notes on the episode and the girl comments on them, the Riverdale <laughs> Register is for you. Tune in as John and Caitlin recap all the happenings of the CW series along with a critical analysis of Cheryl's brooch game or brooch game. <laughs> Brooch. 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 I'm a guy. Uh, Jughead's mood swings and every fan theory Uh ever to pop up on Reddit. Listen as they fall in and out of love with various plot lines and characters and drive themselves crazy trying to keep up with this twisty, turny, sexy teen mystery show. The Riverdale Register can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud as well as the TV Time app. Subscribing now because I need a Riverdale podcast in my life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so let's hear some uh, voice emails and um, let me load up the first one here. Uh, the first one is from Moira. Here she is. Hi, Robin and Stuff. It's Moira here. Just finished watching Are You Ready for Some Zombies? Thought I'd share just a couple of thoughts. Uh, one thing that struck me was in this new Seattle, uh, it's only been a few months. I think Clive says almost four. And everybody's still clearly trying to find their footing and their comfort zone. And there's a couple of scenes where um, you can see people staring at Liv, knowing now, because of her appearance, that she must be a zombie. So now that the cat's out of the bag, instead of Liv being just judged on her own merits, um, she's first judged as a zombie, and, and then secondly as a person. And... I just think that's sort of an interesting take on, on racism, really, on uh, prejudice, um, which clearly is what it's meant to be. But I'm just saying it's really neat that they, the writers took the time to, to work that into the script. But, um, you know, when, when the, they're at the plant in the opening scene and the worker's making a couple of comments and then saying, oh, sorry, you know, I don't mean to offend you. And, and there's Liv having to say, yeah, no, don't worry about it, it's okay. Those scenes felt really... Um, Genuine to me, believable. I, I just I like the fact that they took the time to do that to to let us remember that everybody is just not sure about this new reality. Um, and I had a question for you guys about Bosio because my understanding would be all right. She's FBI if I remember correctly, and now she's been trapped in this walled off new Seattle with everybody else. So are we to assume that she's acting more as a straight cop like detective rather than as FBI? Um, because she was in the same meeting room um, uh, with the other uh, zombie cop teams. So anyway, just uh, I'm assuming that's the case. I just want to see if you guys also were assuming that, or maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. 
Uh, I thought the uh, Seattle Seahawks superfan uh, costume with the wig and the, and the face paint on Liv was just hilarious. Um, and Ravi having, uh, um, you know, partial zombie-esque side effects is also really hilarious. So it's, it's a neat new twist and a way to get some comic relief into the, the show, and I'm quite liking it. Uh, the guy with Peyton, the lawyer guy, have we met him before? I don't remember him. Robin, I know you just rewatched season three because I was listening to the last podcast, so you're probably the perfect person to answer this because I, I just I don't remember that character at all. Uh, so you can maybe help him out there. Thanks. And uh, I like seeing Major with the kids, with the three kids. That's kind of neat to see him kind of back in his old groove. Um, he's still Major, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, I think he's got a heart, and I don't think he's gone so far over to the um, Fillmore Gray's way of looking at things that he has lost his moral compass. So I have faith in Major. Okay, but on a more general note, um, yeah, liking I'm liking this season the, the way things are. Just it's just interesting. There's there's a, a whole bunch of other potential conflicts and plot lines and whatnot. So I think it was just neat that they they uh, you know sent the the show in this direction. Um, anyway, it's, it's been fun. So looking forward to seeing the next one and can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, take care, you guys. Till next time. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Moira. Uh, yeah, that, that, like I said before, that's, um, that's, uh, Parker from Buffy. Uh, now I'm blanking on what is that the actor's actual name is, um, Adam Kaufman. Yeah, that's right. Um, other than that, thanks for your thoughts. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're very much looking forward to continuing on with season four. Uh, this next one is our friend Jen. Hi, Robin and nope, stuff. That's not Jen. That's Moira. Here's Jen. It's Moira here. Nope. This is Moira. This is Jen. Hey, Robin. Hey, Steph. So excited you guys are back for a new season of iZombie. Uh, just sending in a couple thoughts for episode one. First off, new credits. Super fun. Um, Ravi was so on point in this app. Sassy and sarcastic, just the way I like him, and I think most people like him. Uh, overall, the brain, sports ball brain, was not my favorite, but I didn't really feel like the case of the week was all that important to the episode. It was really more setting up ideas for the rest of the season and a reintroduction to all of our favorite characters. I really loved seeing the group scenes, um, like the police briefing um, with the detectives and their zombie partners, and then also the group scene at uh, Liv's apartment when she was kind of crazy super fan and Ravi was just enjoying being au natural uh, with his friends as well. Um I'm not sure there was even any Professor Brain left for Basio after Ravi kind of went to town on it. I wonder if we'll see Ravi solving mysteries as well when it seems to be kind of his time of the month, I guess, to be a zombie. Um, it's kind of interesting how they have his zombie symptoms kind of waxing and waning after getting the vaccine or the cure. Not really sure what it's being called right now. I guess the vaccine um, kind of an interesting concept, I guess, that it's kind of like, you know, chicken pox or herpes that can kind of hang out in your body and reactivate as shingles or Bell's palsy later. Um, kind of plausible, I guess, but I'm just going to accept it as TV science and move on, keeping yep. on with my resolution to not worry too much about science. 
Um, also, I think I don't really remember Peyton's date from previous seasons. I think he was there, but I'm going with uh, Liv on this that he's just a placeholder and that Peyton should definitely be getting back together with Ravi sometime soon. Um, other than that, I'm looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts. I think. I'm not going to speculate on stuff with, like, the kids being brought into Fillmore Graves and all the profit stuff. I think just kind of cool setups for the season, and we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts and hearing you back talking about iZombie uh, Weekly. Um, and I'm looking forward to a future episode. So have a great night, and thanks again. Thank you, Jen. Um, good to hear from you again. Um, really sad that you're still uh, insisting on um, trying to get into uh, iZombie science. You know that's bad for you. You should stop. Uh, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> our next one is from uh, Josh. Let me see. And this is our friend Josh from uh, iZombie Zombie, um, the now deceased uh, iZombie podcast. But hopefully we'll... We'll get him on and his wife, uh, Melissa, on the show uh, soon. Here he is. Hey, Robin and Steph. It's Josh, one of the former iZombie podcasters that used to be out there. And I wanted to give you guys a super shout out. Thank you for continuing this show. And I'm so glad to be back listening in real time uh, along with the episodes. And I can't wait to hear what you thought. I wanted to throw my couple of quick shout outs. Um, how about Major being back as a team crisis uh, counselor? Uh, you know, it was his original dream job. He had everything, and it all got taken away, and then suddenly it's back. Uh, but, of course, Fillmore Graves is going to loom large over everything, it seems, this season. Um, I'm really down with the idea that our favorite doctor is going to once a month turn into a zombie. And how terrifying would that be that you, once a month, actually eat brains and then turn back into a regular human who has to be... I don't know, disgusted by that. Um, the new normal being set up uh, in the episode was really fun. It kind of reminded me of um, some of the shows like Battlestar Galactica or Lost that would do that thing where they would completely upend a lot of what was going on and give you a completely new take, but the characters remain the same. And in that sense, I think that this show is just absolutely killing it. And if there's one thing I would nitpick, I did not love the whole Prophet storyline that's getting kicked off and started. Um, I don't know why, it just wasn't my thing, but don't worry, I'll be listening every week. I cannot wait to hear what you guys had to think, and as a professional cleaner, um, I can prove that I am still at work and listening as we send you off into the great abyss. 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 Blah. <laughs> We'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Um, uh, keep uh, cleaning those toilets and uh, <laughs> be glad to uh, hear some more feedback from uh, uh, the uh, porcelain god. Uh, our last uh, bit of uh, voicemail here, and just so you guys know, we're not hearing you're not hearing stuff because she's not hearing the voicemails, but she's going to be back right after these voicemails are done. Uh, but uh, she will be listening to them later, I promise. Uh, here is Jeff. Uh, and his feedback. Take it away, Jeff. 
Nope. Hi, Robin. No, Hello, Robin and Steph. This is Jeff, X-Force 11, leaving my feedback for the brand new Season 4 episode, Are You Ready for Some Zombies? I, I was kind of a mixed bag on this episode. I enjoyed us being back, and I enjoyed getting to see some of the aspects of how life is now in Seattle, but I'm kind of afraid of it being a little too preachy this season, but we're only one episode in, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but I, I enjoyed seeing Ravi. I think this is a neat concept that they can play with, with zombies being uh, only a zombie one week a month, and I think that's a cool concept to play with, and so I'm interested to see how that'll go. I'm not happy, though, with this new guy Peyton's with. I'm not happy at all. I really want to see her and and Ravi get back together. But that's just my two cents. But I'm really looking forward to next week. And I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. X-Force 11 out. Thanks, Jeff. X-Force 11. I uh, appreciate your feedback. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait either. Uh, Steph, are you back with us? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize you couldn't hear the audio. Um, we'll have to fix that. That's anyway. okay. That's fine. Let's wrap this up. Um, next time on I, on the iZombie podcast, actually, I should say, uh, Sunday I'm going to be doing a bonus interview with Dalias Schweitzer, um, uh, author of the book Going Viral, uh, Zombies, Viruses, and the End of the World. Uh, she's a big iZombie fan, even references iZombie in her book. I'm going to be um, getting her take on New Seattle and the world of iZombie. It's going to be fun. Um, but uh, on our next main podcast, uh, we'll be talking about Season 4, Episode 2, Blue Bloody. Um, so the synopsis is, the struggle is real. Uh, it's a real-life game of Clue for Liv as she eats the brains of a despicable dowager and must determine which of her disgruntled servants killed her. Clive and Basio are struggling to maintain a healthy relationship. Meanwhile, circumstances place Major and Liv in opposition to one another. Michael Fields directs the episode, and it's written by Dean Laurie. What do you think? Sounds good. Can't wait. <laughs> shall we hear the audio from the trailer, or shall I? <laughs> you shall. I'll right. just sit here quiet. <laughs> All right, here it goes. Hi, nope, Robin. that's where I get Ladies and gentlemen, we're now investigating a murder. You don't own the word. Monday, it's hard to catch a killer. Mrs. Brinks was full of love. You be careful with that piano. You drop it, I'll bury you in it. When everyone is suspect. They all lie. That is what I thought, too. They're filthy damn liars. Drive. It smells like felon back here. It does not smell like felon. I Zombie, all new Monday at 9, 8 central on The CW. All right, so that's uh, Blue Bloody. That's going to be Monday at 9 p.m. after Legends Tomorrow. And uh, I really can't wait till the next episode of I Zombie. How about you? Same here, but we really need to finish up. I'm late for my reservation at Romero's. I'm thinking that we should keep talking at least another hour. Oh, really? Well, I'm going to need a light snack. Anything I can get for you? Well, how about you grab me that piece of fruit over there? Where? Uh, here? Yeah, up on the platform. 
up on this platform? You want some watermelon? Yeah, just lean over there and cut me off a piece. Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. (laughs) We'll see you next week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombie. Zombie Love. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!